podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to the Barstoolers Premier League podcast. Delight to be back to another episode. Last week we got a great reception. I think it was our best performing, performing podcast so far. Uh, I'm your host, Connell, joined by my perfectly capable co-hosts, James and Mixer, uh, to help me make sense of all the ongoings in the Premier League. But before we get into that, we've got our first ad read, boys. We've got our first sponsor on the show. And lads, lockdown, it's been rough to one or two of us. But our sponsor, smoothmyballs.com, can help you out there. It's next level grooming for the next level man. They make below the belt grooming into a whole new ball game. Their perfect gear, such as the Turf Chopper 3.0, Pube Muncher 1.0 and Hedge Clippers 1.0 and don't forget the Sack Vac helps you grab life by the balls. The Turf Chopper is super portable and USB chargeable and water resistant. So just head to smoothmyballs.com slash stoolers that's S-T-O-O-L-E-R-S or just add stoolers, S-T-O-O-L-E-R-S at checkout for 15% off and we'll put the uh, link to that in the description uh, on our YouTube if it's a podcast clip and of course on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So be sure to check that out for 15% off for all your downstairs grooming needs. Uh, so now we can get into the the meat of the episode, boys. Meat and potatoes. Uh, the meat, yeah, meat and potatoes, absolutely. Uh, I think we'll have to point out first that Ronan's not here because he is shaving his balls. <laughs> He's away yeah. <laughs> chopping yeah. the turf. He hasn't uh, hasn't looked after himself over the last 12 months, but with the fantastic gear provided by smoothmyballs.com, that's no hassle for him. You're not so, allowed to trim the hedges at this time of year, but that's not going to stop him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so actually getting on to the, the podcast episode, uh, let's talk about United Liverpool or uh, the lack thereof at the weekend. Crazy scenes from about... I think two o'clock onwards, the United fans gathered at Old Trafford and one or two boys managed to gain access to the stadium onto the pitch and everybody else followed. Yeah, so crazy. We don't know when that match is actually going to take place. I think, Michael, you are saying that it's probably going to be after the FA Cup final, which really throws the whole season into disrepute. The whole fixture list is absolutely all over the place because there's no other place to play that game. I'm not sure why they didn't play it on Monday. I'm sure United would have agreed to it considering the sizable cushion in the Europa League ahead of the match against Roma on Thursday. Uh, but my biggest takeaway from this was your man in the zebra trousers. What, what a geezer. Hey, your night said. <laughs> He's the uh, opposite of your man from uh, that Anfield agenda fella. Like that's like his brother or something, you know? Yes, like the, the sort of evil brother in a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think it was they were Gucci, were they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were brought out. I think they were United branded trousers because obviously you've got oh, the zebra hardly. kit. The, yeah, I you've think got they the were. Yeah. Kit. Oh yeah. my days! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh someone, someone got a picture of the back from him. I, I don't know what he had on the back of his United jersey, but it was some really cringy captain as well. Like his <laughs> his head was his head was so red. <laughs> it was definitely like Fergie time or something. Yeah, so, yeah, crazy scenes at Old Trafford. And although I was very much looking forward to the game, 
Absolutely love to see it. You know, the Glazers, they're probably not going to be moved, but by all accounts, I think United fans, uh, United fans plan to do it again. So, I mean, that could really fuck up the entire season. So the Glazers will have no choice but to, to do something. I'm not sure what to do. But if United just couldn't finish the season, that would cause all sorts of problems. Uh, possibly a points deduction, but um, yeah, look, be, be grand. What, what are your thoughts on the whole situation? Uh, I wasn't going to watch the game anyway, so it didn't really make much of a difference to me. It was quite funny, though. There were so many lads in the pitch, and you saw a couple of them kicking. They were kicking the balls about. like the, some. They were climbing on top of the net, and they were full. Like, it was just nuts. And then the stewards were just there. They couldn't really stop them because there's too many lads it. in. Oh yeah, you just end up getting yourself bust like the bar, the shy idiots. Here we go. And it isn't it wasn't a thing that if United were to lose, they then City would have won the league. So like now, just imagine this goes to like uh, the end of the season. The rest of the season is done, and then the title is still up for grabs. Like a Premier League final for United. Be mad. It could be like a City though. points deduction. Oh yeah, true, true. Actually, yeah. <laughs> we'll get, touch on that later on the podcast. But um, yeah, no, it just looks like great crack. <laughs> People are just yeah. walking around the pitch, really not sure what to do. <laughs> Honestly, but I, I, it's something. It's weird though. I don't know if it's COVID or what. The fact there's been a lot of protest culture recently. I it just didn't surprise me for some reason. It was a bit of a mad event, and it just went like, yeah, that's happening, that's occurring, and it's like, jeez, I should need a bit sure, more once, energy. It's crazy. Yeah, once you got in, like, what what else can you do? That's sure. all. That's it. All your energy gone, gotten in. Like, what are you gonna do? But it's not a whole pile to do it in. You want to rob the, rob the uh, Lego Old Trafford in the <laughs> club shop? That's what you gonna do. Straight for the goods. And were Sky Sports there at all? Yeah, no, Sky Sports were there. They are. I'm actually not sure what happened in the end. I stopped watching at about I think five o'clock. But they were just trying to fill space, you know, just talking about the game if it was to happen and talking about obviously the protests. Uh, Graham Souness chatting, chatting absolute shite. And even Dave Jones, I quite enjoyed that, where Dave Jones tried to interject on one of Neville's points. And Gary Neville was like, Dave, it's not the time for interjecting now. You know, um, James, did you see uh, any of the coverage? No, I try to stay away from the coverage because Sky are awful, mate. I, I want to see Michael Richards, Michael Richards fighting the fans. That's what I want to see. He take How many of them would he take? I think they could have cleared that stadium with him pretty easily. Yeah, he's a big fella now. I know that that that's the coverage I want to see, and it's not what I'm going to get. So, um, you know, well, we can dream, we can dream. If they do it again, I think he's ready. Yeah, no, just uh, one kick at the the Louboutin steel cap <laughs> uh, boots, and they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of those ones are those the Louboutin ones with the spikes on them, uh, on yeah. the on the toe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you got one of them to the face. You're dead. He'll be wearing the Louis Vuitton X Timberland crossover, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely was wearing the Timberlands one or two times during his career. Carry yeah. more towards his time at Villa, hmm. and now he bursts on the scene. The only thing he's bursting now are his shirts. Yeah, absolutely. The shoulders, Jesus. Oh yeah, he needs to wear some uh, clothes that fit him. He's a grey fella though. Him and Carragher. I don't know what channel it does beyond, but what they do with Kate Abdo, the Champions League. It's probably one of the American mm. ones, but they're very funny together. Yeah, Mick Richards is a good man, and you know we've, we've taken the piss out of his drip a wee bit there, but I mean he's he is bringing a, a different level to the the drip game of pundits. You know, yeah, he's making an attempt. His hats are a bit weird. You know, I respect it. 
Um, so yeah, I, I'm not really sure what else we can say really about the protests. Obviously, I'm a United fan, so reasonably well uh, positioned to comment on it. And uh, yeah, I think it's good, but I don't think it's going to do anything. Apparently, the Glazers are completely unmoved and you know what you know it is good to see it is good to see because any sort of you know i'm not saying it wasn't a peaceful protest but any sort of protest less than that you know they've been protesting silently if you will for about 15 years so they needed to do something like that get a game called off could happen again yeah i'm not sure it's gonna actually lead to anything that's a that's a brilliant point though there's been a lot of fan groups that obviously have been outraged at the great glazer ownership for the past what 16 years or whatever and you know fc united and manchester was started on things like that but they don't care because they'll just fill the seats with other people because there's so many united fans ready to take their place but if this contingent united fans get so vocal smash up some shit like i mean break shit i just told them, get loud get in their face they can't ignore you then because you know if you're disrupting games that is a different level and that's what you need so um down with this shite that all the journalists broke their media silence to condemn the fans, you know, that the fans need this. They need it. Yeah, that's actually a point I wanted to bring up. I was surprised at some of the the mixed views on it. I thought it would be like a Super League thing where all fans and even like journalists and stuff would be like, yeah, fair enough. But no, I seen some people who weren't happy. And, you know, there was a certain man who wasn't happy, um, a certain social media star. He, he this person makes her i think i wasn't so much hurt by this as you were do you want to fill the people in on on what this social media star did yeah so we're not gonna name names or anything but he may or may not be fairly popular on tiktok and he may or may not have gotten himself in trouble on twitter over the week but we were supposed to interview him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and myself and ronan joined the call and uh, he said he'd be there at five. He wasn't there at five. He wasn't there at half five. And he wasn't there at six. He emails us at six o'clock saying, sorry, lad, something come up. That thing that came up was knacker drinking in a park. He was drinking cans with the lads putting TikToks up. Oh, disgrace will carry on and he hasn't rescheduled. But he won't be rescheduling it. And his opportunity to come on the hottest football podcast in Ireland, it's gone. It's gone. It's your loss. Uh, I was going to say his name. Uh, but I think everybody everybody knows who, who we're talking about. But yeah, and uh, someone who wasn't going to come on the podcast, Graham Sunas, was also chatting shit. So uh, he was also chatting shit, basically being like, you know, United fans are just unhappy because, you know, they're not successful, which is just simply untrue uh, for a couple of reasons. You know, another massive uh, protest was in 2010. Uh, at that stage, we had won three titles in a row. We were uh, qualifying for... a that stage, the quarterfinals of the Champions League, uh, the Love United hate plays our green and gold flags. That was sort of the last real notable protest. Um, obviously, no stadium uh, invasions or anything like that. But, um, you know, we are vastly successful then. And even now, even now, you know, it's the best season we've had probably since Ferguson left. So, although we're not exactly brilliant, you know, it, that doesn't add up that we're protesting now and not, you know, two years ago when it was really bad when Mourinho left. Um, but yeah, I think we should probably move on from that. Um, and to the person who uh, didn't come on the podcast, um, yeah, no, chickens are coming home to roost now <laughs> with uh, the abuse they're getting. Uh, <laughs> so Fulham and West Brom, they're basically down. You know, we've talked about them a fair bit on the podcast this season. 
Not sure what else you can say. Really, West Brom are pretty hopeless. Fulham, Fulham are good, but they just got promoted too early. You know, their squad's not great. They'll probably be, be up again uh, if they keep hold of Scott Parker. Um, the teams that have come up are Norwich, who won the championship at a counter, and Watford. Watford are officially promoted. So, I mean, Norwich, to be fair, have some good players and they play some good stuff. But as a club, they're quite depressing. Watford, pretty bad overall. I'm pretty sure they've had about 19 managers this season. Not sure how they've got promoted, obviously. I don't pay too much attention to the championship. Um, but yeah, so Fulham, West Brom, basically at this stage, straight back down, Watford and Arch, straight back up. Um, are you looking forward to these clubs in any way next season? It's an absolute breath of fresh air. The two boys coming back. Oh, great. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty miserable. The only good thing about either of these two teams coming up is uh, the cycling GK will be getting the GoPro out when Mo Salah's smashing 19 goals past him. He'll be finished, though. Surely he'll be gone. Yeah, he, he got another injury. and But they might just keep him around because, I mean, keep him around, get more international viewers maybe. Might be a bit of a long shot, but he's a good public figure for the club because he's just an all-around great guy. But... Yeah, Norwich, but they're just so miserable. Like Suarez, there's talk of Suarez coming back to Liverpool. So, like, if he comes back, he just will score two hat-tricks against them in the two games. But, uh, yeah, he'd rather have someone else, two different teams coming up. Like, it was nice. Like, Fulham, Fulham like, even though they sort of yo-yo, they, they play good football, but you just I just know these two teams are going to go down again. Like Tim Krul, they were chanting, Oliver Skip, we want you to stay. Like, that is disgraceful. Like, what is... Oh, these shit clubs, that's what they are. But Norwich are just the reverse of Fulham. You know what I mean? And they're quintessentially Premier League as well. So you, you can't really complain it there. But yeah, but I, listen... The yellow you, shirts annoy me, though. They have... Uh, that is, is She's a chef, the owner of them. Like, yeah. No, I can't... Yeah, she's a clown, that one. And then Pookie, he's a fat... Can't well... Everyone I don't think it's like Jenna Lawson, but... Uh, yeah, no. somehow... <laughs> some, some She'd anyways. be a bit saucy for Norwich now. <laughs> I'd like I'd like Norwich if Nigel Lawson was their owner. But anyways, yeah, Todd Cantwell, like he's a shit hair merchant as well. Everyone thinks he's class, but I hate him. He's a rat. Yeah, no, That's we were talking a little about bit this far, recently. But... No, we were talking about this recently. It makes our nice all about how I hate Todd Cantwell. And I said, was it, must it was you, wasn't it? Though you were like, why? No, no, I just want to be but must be Maroon. Yeah, no, I just I just can't have one at all. He's just uh, really weird. Todd Cantwell is the footballing equivalent of Addison Ray. You know what I mean? He's just <laughs> he robs the dance moves. He's got he's got nothing going for him, but he, you know, he just takes the limelight. He doesn't deserve it. He's got nothing yeah. going for him. I think Addison Ray has a few things going for him. <laughs> True, yeah, but she doesn't make them dances, you know, she's just leeching off other people, huh? He's a he's an Aldi Jack Realist, like exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Like the only good thing about like the only player I like between the two clubs is Ismail Assar. He's good. Yeah. Liverpool were linked with him last summer after he took us down for our first loss of the season, which everyone thought was going to be an invincible season. But no, we lost to Watford, so that's where the revenge will be coming. Klopp will be sending the troops out to destroy Watford. 
Yeah, I, I, know, I like some uh, Norwich players. They lost Jamal Lewis when they went down, but they've kept Max Ahrens, who's really good. I think United have been linked with him. I think Barcelona have been linked with him. Um, but although maybe their recruitment strategy isn't anything to be shouting about. And they've got, obviously, from an Irish perspective, got Adam Ida and I think Andrew Amabamadeli. He's a centre-back. Uh, and Emi Buendia, his stats, even when he was in the Premier League, yes. were pretty mad. Uh, he looks like a very good player. Um, but yeah, so they're up, the usual suspects. But if we're looking at the playoffs, that's the Barstoolers Championship podcast now. Uh, in third, you've got uh, Brentford, who are just four points behind Watford. So they're well positioned. Uh, Swansea potentially coming back up, uh, which is, I think, good to see. I don't mind Swansea. Then Bournemouth just behind them in fifth. And uh, Barnsley are on 77 points as well. Barnsley punching well above their way to get into the playoffs. Um, the exact order of the playoffs hasn't been um, decided yet. There's going to be another game to play. Uh, so we're not sure who's going to be playing who. Perhaps we could talk about it a bit more next week. Uh, but out of Brentford, Swansea, Bournemouth and Barnsley, who do you expect to come up or who do you want to come up? I expect... Oh, I feel like I feel like Bournemouth might come up just because they have the experience. Brentford always seem to bottle it. And in terms of who I'd want to come up, anyone but Bournemouth. Swansea are all right. Brentford would be refreshing and would probably be able to compete. Uh, and Barnes would be fantastic because uh, they're p- punching well above their way. And uh, Barnes in the Premier League would be class. But what's your thoughts, boys? Yeah, I'd agree with you with anyone but Bournemouth. Uh, well, Barnes, it'd be great seeing the Brexit team like Barnsley coming up but I have a feeling that they would have a worse season than Derby County did back in the day. They definitely do not have the squad. Yeah, like Brentford would be a bread of fresh air, especially replacing the likes of the Barham, who are just fairly miserable to watch because Brentford, they get the goals. They always just get a magic striker man up top after someone leaves. Like they have Tony now. Like they'd replace Watkin, who was banging them in, and they'd replace Mopai as well. So it's just whoever's uh, their scout doing magic work yeah they have a money ball type analytics scouting system there so it's obviously paying dividends in that way but yeah as he said Barnes they have to come up they could struggle massively but I'd be all for it. we talked about it briefly last week Barnsley coming up would be absolutely class they'd probably get hockey but disagree man just good for miserable. the culture ah no come on Benjamin Mendy running at the boys from Barnsley. Like, he'd be getting five assists if he described <laughs> yeah. That'd be like the Rashford, highlights real. Rashford no. running out of Barnsley defence is only going to end one way. But United can sort of struggle. Like, they have, you know, struggled against the Palaces and they struggle in some weird games, don't they? Kind of like yeah, the Palaces and Barnsley. But I know, but uh, your City, you'd just be disgusting. Yes. It would be City 20 <laughs> bad <laughs> things. Oh, I just, I just think it would be good for the culture. You know, yeah, it'd, like be, it'd be funny for a day, but then you start feeling bad for them. Yeah, they've already left the EU. They what, have, what impact are they going to have on when they have uh, like the a like, <laughs> minus 950 goal difference come the end of the season? Yeah, but like you know, the, the you know, Shedside Army would get a Premier League day out, you know, in their uh, student exchange program. <laughs> 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 Uh yeah yeah no I I yeah um Barnsley till I bloody die man other than that uh Brentford would probably be the best option considering they'd actually be able to hold their own they have a good <laughs> crest as well their crest is very powerful oh it's it's a bit it's a samey big... for me with the, you know the circle like they changed it a couple of years ago yeah their circle okay like they have the <laughs> they have the new new city don't they yeah yeah 
Oh yeah, disgusting, disgraceful. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. So anyway, to sum up, uh, Mon Barnsley. Now we're going on to another segment of the show, uh, and by popular demand, we're going to be talking about one player that we think is overrated in the Premier League, and one player that we think is underrated. Hopefully, we've all gone for for different options for the, for the sake of uh, facilitating a discussion. Uh, but mixer. You know, I think we're going to start off strong. I have good faith that you're going to have a couple of bold opinions. So, how about you get the ball rolling? By we'll we'll start with we'll start with underrated. We'll keep a bit more low key, and then we'll go into uh, some some abuse of footballers. Right, my in my opinion, <clears throat> the most underrated player in the Premier League is Mo Salah. The sheer disrespect putting that man's name, and all he does is. Bang goals. There's a certain man who says that Mares is better than him. He is a shit talker because Mares, as much as he is a good faller, Salah's the goat. That might be a bit of a stretch, but Salah is so underrated. Everyone says he's shit that he can't do it, but he's top scorer nearly every season since he's come in to Liverpool. Like he's an absolute goal machine, goal getter. He's just oh, it's Twitter that it's he's just so disrespected. It's a disgrace. But he is my most underrated player in the Premier League. I'm gonna go for a different shout here. I'm gonna go for Mikel Antonio, obviously someone that we previously hailed on the show. Like oh yeah, I'm not going in the vein of the top top players that are you know get a bit of shit on football Twitter. That is fair enough. But those people are idiots. Like anyone who's Splitting hairs between Ma- Salah. Obviously, Salah's better than Mares, but um, it's splitting hairs. Really. Like Most people rate Salah like, higher. So I'm just going to go Michael Antonio because the man's a G, you know, and he was, he's been, he's the journeyman in terms of positions. He's been everywhere. He holds up West Ham. Like, they don't look like the same outfit. Bit different, granted, now with Jesse Lingard knocking about, but um, Antonio holds the show together. I'm telling you, he's just, he's tenacious. I love him. Yeah, no, I was saying... I went into a, a deep, deep dive into who I think is the most underrated. There was a few names thrown up and I went sort of more at the top end. You know, obviously a lot of people rate someone like Wilfred and Didi. So I'm not going to say him, although I, I do think he's underrated by some. Uh, kind of the same with Calvert-Lewin. Obviously, that's changed a bit this season because he started scoring a lot more goals. But I still think people underrate him a bit. Uh, you know, St. Maximin. You know, I think the maximum could go to the very top. You know, it's easy to forget. He's quite young. Even your Lewis Dunks, um, I think, is quite good. Um, a player I feel is quite disrespected. Uh, and basically, the easiest way, if you're talking to me about football, if you're talking about, to me about United, the easiest way to wind me up is, say, the Harry Maguire shit. Because I'll, I'll, I'll go into full defence mode and defend his honour as uh, an underrated player. But... The most underrated player for me, I've went in a similar fashion to you, James, is I've gone with James Tarkovsky. I think he's absolutely brilliant. Uh, I'm surprised he isn't playing at a higher level. I'm surprised a better club hasn't went in from. I think he's a very, very good centre-back um, who basically has it all. Maybe he's not the quickest, but he's good, quite good in the ball. He's early dominant. Um, and I don't think he's quite 30 yet, so he's still relatively young. Um, so, yeah, I've gone with James Tarkovsky. He's got a big square head in him, so that would help with the aerial jewels. But I looked up, I just typed in the Google uh, overrated players in the Premier League and Connell had mentioned ones that he had underrated. So they have uh, 
Lewis Dunk, James Ward Price, James Tarkovsky. Uh, who else is on here? Sigurdsson, which I mean, no one really rates him anyways, so I don't know where they're getting overrated. They had Nicholas Pepe, no one rates him anyways. Calvin Phillips, which I thought was very good because he's very good. Uh, who else? Nabi Kaisa, again, nobody rates him. I'm saying Kyle Walker's overrated. I think Kyle Walker is class. Yeah. I think he's very good. Uh, St. Maximin, you mentioned him there, Cone. Another one here, Aaron Ramsdale. No one rates him because he is the worst goalkeeper in the Premier League. In your flappy hands, yeah. Yeah, like Creswell for oh, overrated. And then Adama Traore. Whoever came up with that list needs to get sacked. I think Adama Traore is a mess. Like he's only, he has only been good recently. What do you mean recently? You watch him flap around the football pitch. Like, uh, he'll like, eat you for dinner, buddy. Yeah, he'll eat me, but like, you know, wait, this isn't the world's greatest dinner competition. This is the Premier League. This is <laughs> Kalechi and Nacho. This is fudge ball. Like, Maybe yeah. his, his end product, his shooting isn't good, but he's a workhorse and he'll boast you. His and dribbling's in, insane. Yeah, and in the words of uh, Rob Holding, he's built like a brick shithouse. Yeah, and he goes down like a bollocks. That's what the context <laughs> of that was. <laughs> Because he's a winner, mate. Uh, right. <clears throat> Most overrated players. Now, I look forward. Look forward to your shouts. My shout's fairly tame, um, but next are we're going to start off bold. Who are you going for? I don't think you're ready for this one. I think I know who you're going to say. Who do you think I'm going to say? I think you're going to say, because it seems to be driven towards me. Uh, so I think... You're going to say Bruno Fernandes. Bruno Fernandes, he's <laughs> fucking shit. <laughs> I think he is muck. He's a wee crier and all he does is kick, lads. He's like, Did you see my asses? Shut the fuck up, mate. Hate him. Uh, and my hatred uh, is he's not a good footballer. All he does is score penalties <laughs> and get a jammy wee nick off a uh, deflected pass. You know, oh, look at me. I'm Bruno Fernandes. You're a Bottler, mate, I hate you. You need to get sent off, get a total lesson or something. Get better at football. Stop getting all this praise. Shit, mate. Yeah, no. Uh, a hot, hot take. Hot, hot take. James, who are you going for? I'm going to go for Obama who? Obama what? Obama blood clot Z, fam. He is absolutely shit. Like, he is dreadful. <laughs> like, what the... Who the hell is this guy? You know? He's, he, to be fair, he did carry, like, Arsenal his back in terms of goals for, like, four years. But, like, I suppose a bit like you might say with a Salah sometimes, Connor, it's just, like, he's unbelievable. But, like, you just, like, geez, how is he scoring so many goals? Like, he's just sort of tipping about and he's putting the ball in the back of the net, which is, you know, bread and butter for a striker. But I hate him. He's all he, like, he's just boiled himself down to a caricature of him for himself. He's just got the haircut. He's got the jumps. Uh, he's got malaria. He's, he's got, got the it jumps. all except for What's football and ability. <laughs> what are the jumps? It's what you, you know, it's what you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, if uh, for audio uh, listeners, which is all we have, not, <laughs> but James has made a, a sort of a jumping, sort of twisting motion with his hand, <laughs> referring to a backflip, I, I believe. Yeah, ever since he signed the thing, uh, he doesn't care. He has not been good this season. I would agree that he was, he's a shade or shadow of his former self, and he's a wannabe Travis Scott. I can't imagine his uh, his new hairdo is 
keeping him too aerodynamic when he's run down that wing. Surely there's a lot of air drag might be the reason. And also getting malaria wouldn't help him, but yeah, he's pretty poo-poo. Like. I, I think the Gabonese national team is killing them because like, the time before that, like they had to sleep on the floor of an airport for like a whole night. So like they're just, they're killing this man. Lacazette's better than him. Lacazette's been banging the goals in. Lack of boom. Yeah, so I've went for a, a tamer shout than the two of you, to be honest. A uh, couple options I was thinking of. One of them was uh, Kieran Tierney. I think he's a good player. But uh, Arsenal fans, you know, it's maybe it's hard to blame them because, and I'm generally not trying to be a dickhead here, they haven't got much like. And Kieran Tierney, he is a good player. He's a good left back, but he's nothing special. So I was going to say him, another one, I'm not going to say him because I think a lot of people have copped on to the fact he's not very good now, but one of them is Tyrone Mings. Uh, he's obviously been linked to United, he probably still is, but um, don't get it at all. He's, he's not great. Uh, he's got a big, big square head in him, hasn't he? He has got a great frame. It's it's deceptive. That's why people might still think he's good. I think with Kieran Tierney, everyone thinks he's class because he wears t-shirts in the snow. Oh, look at me. I mean, I had this man like two consecutive years in fantasy. Like all he's got is, well, I think you had him last year, Colin, whatever. But uh, like all he's done is one good performance against West Brom and like a last day of the season against Watford. The man, poor, the poor lad has no ligaments. Yeah, I don't think he's, like he's grand, but Arsenal, yeah, Arsenal, they're not very good. So he's been riddled he, with injuries, to be fair. Uh, my decision for the most overrated, those are two I considered. My decision is Yves Bissouma. I've seen a lot of people rating him this season, a lot of people hyping him up, and I don't get it. I don't get it. He's been in the Premier League with Brighton for a couple of years. You know, he's relatively young. He's like 22 or 23. But to me, he's just a, um, a run-of-the-mill, uh, you know, workhorse in midfield. Um, he's fine with the ball he's nothing special but he, he's just a midfielder he's got a good engine to him um, and he'll do a job a good job for someone like Brighton but I think if you bring him up any higher he's he's like a, a worse version of Fred yeah it's actually a good shape now I, I haven't watched too much of Brighton myself because I mean it's Brighton <laughs> but he has been linked to Liverpool and I, I wouldn't like that signing to go through if you get him on the cheap maybe you do, yeah, you do a job. Realistically, they're like cheap. I anything over fifteen million, no. Yeah, yeah, true. It's like with Fabinho. Like I know we'd need a replacement for Wijnaldum, but I think now if Henderson's come back, we Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson, but you'd still need a, a backup. But there's definitely better backups for a better value that you could look for in the transfer market than Basuma. I think that just about wraps up uh, the bulk of the podcast this week. But of course, we still have to do the uh, Predictor League. So if we're looking at the predictions table at the moment, uh, for context, if you're a first-time listener, uh, we're doing a Predictor League where we predict five Premier League games every single episode. And the winner is the person with the most points, and they'll get a jersey courtesy of the other uh, three contestants on the podcast. So if we're looking at the table... It was a decent week for me. Uh, well, a bad week in general, but I ended up getting three points because I said Burnley would lose 2-1 to West Ham. So Ronan's bottom with 72, so he's more or less out of it with only a couple episodes to go. Uh, Michael, you're on 78. I'm on 81, and James is on 84. So James, still very much in uh, cruise control, but uh, I could possibly stage a shock. Mixer, if you get a couple of very good weeks, you could probably still win it. You're only six points off. The game's this week. I've kind of I've tried to go for games that have something on the line. Uh, there's not a huge deal to play for at this stage. 
But um, City could very well win the title against Chelsea. Chelsea is still going for top four. They're playing each other this weekend at the Etihad. And I'm gonna go with a I'm gonna go with a one-one draw, I think. Um Chelsea played really well against City in this FA Cup semi-final. Uh City with the league on the line um might be a bit tired after tonight's game. Tonight, as of recording, we're playing City in the Champions League final. You know, they'll either be depressed because they, they've bottled it or they'll be in an absolute high and possibly an adrenaline dump the next week. So I think Chelsea will uh, nick a valuable point at that he had 1-1. I'm going to go for 2-1 City here. Like, been a bit impressed with uh, Werner and Havertz linking, linking up during the week, but still, I think they've uh, sort of expelled all that energy and... Um, it's uh, going to come crashing for them at the at the Eddie Had, and they'll just tidy up the league there. So, simple enough, two one for City. I think this will end. I'll go against that two boys by saying two one Chelsea. I think with the way the Champions League is going, I can see the two of them being the finalists. And if that's the case, City will have more room to rest players, um, and then like it'll be a nothing game because they still they will win the league like let's not kid ourselves or anything they're going to win the league so they have the the option to rest players just because how big their squad is so i think this is a stage for chelsea to grab the, the three points as you said a possible preview of the champions league final in a couple of weeks time so um definitely going to be interesting you're doing there even um if city basically already have the league wrapped up next game again leicester they have something on the line they still have top four to secure and uh, I think they'll go a long way to doing it with a 2-1 win at home to Newcastle. Newcastle, they've done well recently, but they're absolutely safe now and uh, they can go back to being uh, miserable for the last couple of weeks if they want. So 2-1 Leicester. Easy stuff here. Has to be 5-0, Kletchy, five goals. Um, you know, pretty standard. Uh, West Ham, sorry, Newcastle are miserable. Obviously, they have some maximum and stuff back to make them less hopeful, uh, less hopeless. Um but it's Leicester all the way. Like, you know, they're they're in the, as you say, I'm in cruise control in the predictor league. Leicester in cruise control. Kelechi. There you go. Kelechi is James's new Werner. He's given up on Werner since Kelechi's been banging them in since he got him in, in the draft. But yeah, I think Leicester, they've been good recently. Kelechi's been good. St. Maxim has been good since come back. He played very well against Liverpool, but Leicester will nick this one 3-1. Next game, again, Liverpool still, um, I was going to say have an outside, outside chance of um, of getting top four, but I mean, you know, other than United, who knows when that game will be played, so it's a bit more confusing for Liverpool now, but other than that, they've got a nice run in, um, so absolutely crucial that they pick up all three points against Southampton this weekend, and I'm going to back them to do it. Uh, Southampton, you know, they had a brilliant sort of first four or five months uh, when all their players were fit and, you know, they were well-drilled, but started getting injuries, became very disillusioned quite quickly. And uh, at this stage, they have nothing to play for when it looked like they probably were going to get Europe. Um, so 2-0 Liverpool for me. Yeah, I'm going to second that. I'm going to go for a 2-0 Liverpool. Easy enough win. Uh, it's not going to be a game of the ages by, by any account. But, um, yeah, not much really to... Not much in this game. I still don't think Liverpool are going to get top four, but they'll put away Southampton. Southampton are horrible. Yeah, Southampton have been pretty miserable. And when we played them at St. Mary's um, around the start of our, or probably like mid-downfall really, the beginning of the end for Liverpool's season, it was very miserable to watch. So I think the boys will come back with a bit of a vengeance. So see them 4-0 on this one. 
But yeah, top four is long gone at this stage. Uh, yeah, it's absolutely not happening. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't be so sure. I wouldn't be so sure. Keep an eye, your eyes peeled in the top four race. You know, relegation settled, the title settled, but we still have an interesting top four race. Uh, and speaking of top four race, West Ham at home to Everton. Good win for them last night as of recording. A 2-1 win away to Burnley. And uh, do you know what? Everton, they've trailed off a bit. Good win against Arsenal, but otherwise have been poor recently. West Ham, got to put them away. Moises men, 3-1 at the Olympic Stadium. Wow, that's a great prediction. That's a DCL back prediction. I can I can smell it. Um, do you know what? I'm gonna go for a I'm gonna go for a two-two here. I don't think either side's gonna come away with the three points. Uh, I think they'll negate each other. So what that means for top four, I think that still puts West Ham in a nice enough place. Getting a getting a point at Everton is always a good point. Or sorry, in their own ground, but uh, against Everton. I will have to second James's opinion of the two all there wow credible and the final game again there's not really too much to play for on this one it was kind of the the best game left out of the, you know sort of irrelevant games it's villa at home to united uh you know you'd had you know some good memories there last year they won 3-0 at villa park and uh, obviously united have been well rested because of the liverpool game not happening um, we're traveling away to Rome on the Thursday, obviously, but that should be in the bag. Um, so they're only going to come back Friday. So maybe you might factor in that lack of rest uh, and that travel. But nah, I think Villa have been poor enough recently. Good win at uh, Goodison Park, of course. But uh, yeah, I'm just going to back United to go and get a 3 0 win. Feeling good about this one. Yeah, I'm going to go for a 3 0 United win too. It just. I think the stars are going to align. Um, also, this is part of the science of matching Collins' predictions, so uh, there's no deviation. And you know, I, I sneak that competition, but uh, we'll you think I'm on this, listener. mate? <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, 3 0 United, it's going to be good for the FPL, good for everything. Uh, Bruno's going to come up with a goal this game just to prove next her wrong, you know, he's just going to come up with a big one. Yeah, it'll be a hatter. penalty, mate. That'll be. Yeah, he's going to score a penalty in this one. United are going to win 5-1. It's going to be fairly dominant. Penandes will strike again. The most overrated player in the Premier League. TikTok saying goals. Stop the cap. Uh, <laughs> so, and there's some pretty good midweek games next week, unfortunately. We're not going to predict them because I think one or two of them are on the Wednesday and that just completely clashes with what we're recording. But I think Chelsea are playing Arsenal. I think United are playing... And they're playing someone decent. I can't remember who it is, but it's all uh, sort of irrelevant. That's in about a week's time. Uh, so some good midweek games to look forward to. And of course, by the time this is out, uh, you'll know what the Champions League final is. Um, you know, we'll see possibly if Arsenal can come back against Villarreal. You know, two all-English finals would definitely be good for this podcast. We could do an exclusive European finals episode. So hopefully that can be done. Um, we'll get Ronan's predictions. You know, I'll, I'll I'll stick to them. This is all very above board, and uh, we've got to say at the top of the show, we've reached 100 subscribers on YouTube, so that's fantastic. So hopefully we can continue that. If you're listening to us on Spotify, we'd really appreciate if you can leave us a review or follow us, whatever you can do there. Uh, and on Apple Podcasts, of course, do the same. Uh, reviews in Apple Podcasts help out uh, immensely. So if you can do that, that'd be really, really appreciated. And again, just a reminder of our sponsor, smoothmyballs.com. If you go to smoothmyballs.com slash stoolers or enter in code stoolers, that's bar stoolers without the bar, 
you'll get 15% off their fantastic range of products. And I think that just about wraps up the episode for this week. So uh, Mixer, do you have any final notes to add for our listeners? Adios. And we'll be back next week. Network.